Ticats Audio Network. This is the CFL This Week with Bubba O'Neill. This is the CFL This Week on the Ticats Audio Network. I'm Bubba O'Neill. You know what? This week we have traded our roundtable format for a special one-on-one with the top dog of the Canadian Football League. Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, always appreciate you taking the time to join us. Bubba, great to be with you. You know, Randy, a Grey Cup champion has been crowned. Few of us in Hamilton are happy about the winner. Let's be honest here. But look at the past year, and I'll ask you this. Your three proudest moments, you know, regarding the 2022 season. Well, first of all, I'd say, Bubba, there's a lot more than three moments that I'm proud of. You know, I I think we had a remarkable year. Uh, There's so many people to thank you know, to the, the, the performance of our coaches, our players, uh, you know, the work that was done at the league. Um, look, getting the getting the collective bargaining agreement done, and while there was a little bit of turbulence, he's so proud, so proud of the players, the Players Association, and for our bargaining committee to find a way to a long-term partnership with the PA. That That is something I'm especially proud of because that sets us on a path now to learn how to be good partners with each other, as opposed to constantly being in a in a almost a continuous cycle of bargaining, that's that's a really big deal, and I think that's one that's going to you know going to bode well for the future. You know, I look at uh, I look at the on field performance as I mentioned how great it was. I think the product review, you know, which gave rise to some changes that uh, resulted in more more offense, more first downs, fewer two and outs more scoring our games were exciting 60% of our games ended you know um you know we're decided in the last 3 minutes our product is alive and well and our goal was to be the funnest fastest most entertaining brand of football in the world and i think we took a big step forward this year i'm really really proud of that and then uh you know just coming off of great cup and you know um so proud of what we experienced in regina uh, the hospitality, 1,150 volunteers, all of whom wanted us all to experience prairie hospitality, and you were greeted with smiles everywhere. And people were people were just excited to be at Grey Cup, and then of course that outcome. I've never seen a game that had two field goals blocked in my in my <laughs> life, and certainly not two blocked in the last five minutes of the game. But that outcome for us was so positive. So those are just a few of the things that I think about um, as being especially proud moments. You know, you're right. There was a certain amount of positivity, especially coming off the shortened season, the lost season for COVID. Uh, I think really it seemed like there was gains in every single market and certainly a certain amount of a buzz, I thought, uh, for each team at certain points of the season. So in response to that, let me throw this to you. What keeps Randy Ambrosi up at nighttime now? Well, you know, Bob, I've actually been giving thought to that question. Uh, and and I think the answer is, I believe we have a remarkably good strategy to grow our league and to take that next big step in our in our future towards the kind of future we all want. I think what keeps me up is just making sure we're focused now. So it's about uh, almost blocking out the new idea ferry. Like the new idea ferry is no longer welcome. And uh, and we need to focus on what's in front of us today. It's now entirely about execution of our existing plan. It's about partnering with all nine teams to make sure that we're working together 
in harmony uh, and that, that we have what I might call horizontal accountability to each other, that we're all growing the game together and working together. I think there's so much upside for the league now that the future is ours for the taking. And what keeps me up at night is, is, my, is my responsibility and the opportunity that we share to make sure that we execute on this plan. And you talk about growth of the league. And of course, I mean, there's no bigger uh, area to grow the game than on television. I think that goes for all sports. I'm hearing a lot of talk about the American experience on, you know, ESPN. And I know you talked about it. There's a, maybe I think it's two years from now, there's a contract that could be coming up. What can be done there to make our American friends aware that the CFL is maybe not the NFL, but it's a great game too. Well, look, that's part of this marketable fan strategy, Bubba, that you've heard us talk about. It's about reaching into those large communities of football fans in the U.S., especially those that are big, uh, big college football fans, and making a connection to the players in our league that played U.S. college football. So, so today we have half of our players, approximately half of our players are Americans that played U.S. college football. We want to connect those fans to their fan bases back home. And then about 20% of our Canadian players played U.S. college football. We want to connect those players to their large fan bases back home. And then for our U sports players, uh, we want to connect them to their large fan bases in their, in their U sports communities. And that's why the marketable fan strategy is so important. That's why the partnership with Genius Sports is so important. It's why that entire strategy is so important, because it's about using the power of the Internet. It's about using the power of the of the opportunities for that online connection to be uh, to create these customized experiences for fans. So somebody that wants to see more of Zach Kalaros, we need to be able to get them Zach Kalaros, uh, uh, you know, information. We need to make sure that we're not just sending that a generic e uh uh, newsletter, but rather almost a newsletter specifically designed for what that fan is interested in. That's what's in front of us today. That's the opportunity. You just brought up the name that I think is a name that so many people have talked about. And I'll be honest with you, Randy, a lot of people have come up to me and said, what is Genius Sports? And I have tried to answer the question, but I think I would rather hear it from you. What and who are Genius Sports? Yeah. They're one of the world's largest sports marketing and technology firms. One of the world's biggest. In fact, probably one of the top two in the world. They are. Uh, they have a technology capability that is going to help to activate our marketing strategy. So, you know, the old marketing would have been a billboard or a or a, a one page ad in a newspaper. Today, it's about content. Today, it's about uh, today, it's about accessing football fans using the power of the Internet and being able to connect those fans to the content that they want to see. It's about customization of that content. So, as I said, it's it's Zach Kalaros and maybe the Cincinnati Bearcats alumni that would be very interested to know that their alumna, alumnus has now won our MOP two years in a row. Right. It's telling his story that way. It's about engaging in this new world of, of sports wagering. And, you know, we never want a CFL fan to bet their, their uh, rent or mortgage money. But, boy, we'd like a lot of people to put a $10 bet on a game just so they can feel that real strong connection 
to the action that's going on on the field. That's what Genius is. It's all of those things. And they're now helping us to build a technology platform that is going to enable us to build this gigantic ecosystem of fans that we can that we can deliver content and action to in the way those fans want. You know, you talk about quarterbacks, and, and I think it's fair to say that he wasn't the only reason, but Nathan Rourke was somewhat responsible, along with the great, and at least I would say improved ownership for the BC Lions and improving the product and that market and the fan response and showing up to the field. Now, quarterbacks, I mean, it seems like there were a dime a dozen in the Canadian Football League, and I've heard this from some fans that we they feel like, you know, other than Nathan Rourke and Zach Caleros, who are the quarterbacks in the league? Is there anything the league can do to help to develop quarterbacks, maybe at the Canadian level, um, entice them from America to come up to this game so that, I mean, hey, I think you play, might have played on a team where Damon Allen and Matt Dunnigan were on the same team. Amazingly, Hall of Famers. Yeah. Is there anything that can be done there? Well, in fact, I played against uh, the in the 87 Grey Cup Toronto against Edmonton. They had Damon, uh, Matt and Tracy Ham all on the same team. That's pretty good roster of quarterbacks. Uh, uh, no, look, I, I think this is one of the things we're going to talk about at our winter meetings with our coaches and GMs and presidents is really is there are there are there strategies that we can employ that will help us to attract talent? But, you know, Bob, I actually think we got to step back. And we got to appreciate the fact that we got some pretty talented guys playing our game up here right now. You know, and again, you, you took, I, I mentioned Zach Kalaros, two-time MOP and what he's accomplished and what, uh, and of course, you know, what happened in BC with Nathan Rourke, which was just exceptional. Uh, I was also at the Vanya Cup uh, this weekend and I got a chance to see two pretty good football teams and two pretty wow. good quarterbacks and it was impressive. Look, I will say this. I think the quality of athletes has never been better. I think the quality of our Canadian talent has never been better. And it just keeps betting, getting better and better and better year after year. And I think we're at the beginning of a new beginning for our sport because these young men that are playing, they're so well trained and uh, the facilities are better. Bubba, one of the things it takes to, to, to get great at anything is practice. And, you know, go back to my era. I think we were perhaps a little behind in terms of facilities and training uh, training capabilities. Today, our coaches, the Canadian ecosystem are, you know, it's as sophisticated as anywhere in the world. And I think we're seeing that in all sports, frankly. Canadians are competing everywhere because they're, first of all, they're great athletes. And secondly, the training and coaching is just that good. So, look, I, I think we have to look at it. But I think we should step back and we've got to say we, we've got perhaps this is the best generation of, of athletes we've ever seen. And it's just going to get better from here. And, you know, to that point, it's interesting. I've heard the likes of Wayne Gretzky, Bobby Orr. You know, we all do sort of wax poetic about, you know, the teams of our youth, if we could put it that way, and the game of our youth and that it was so great. Yet those athletes who were superstars, all-stars, Hall of Famers, they all say the game is better and faster and tougher now than it ever was. So I guess that rules to your point. Yeah, I, I think so. Look, it's always uh, that it can be nostalgic because the thing is, there's a lot of history behind it. So you can always remember a great quarterback from years gone by. 
And that, you know, that's decades worth of history. In the moment, you're comparing, you're comparing one person or one moment in time against thousands of moments in time going backward. It's not a fair fight, right? Right. But today, these these young men that play in our league, playing our game, are are remarkably uh, good athletes. And you know, by the way, if you go through every generation of our league you will have found a time when a team didn't have a settled quarterback i mean i go through my own my own history with this league which goes back a long time there wasn't you know not every team had a settled quarterback and and so back then they were worried about quarterbacking just as as some teams are worried about it today and some fans are worried about it today but again baba i think we're going to talk about it as a league we'll talk about it with the presidents gms and coaches and see if there are some developmental uh, or strategic uh, opportunities for us. But um, for me, you got to do that. But you also got to take a moment to be so proud of these the young men that play our game today and, and proud of the way they're coached because not only are our athletes phenomenal, our coaches and uh, football operation talent, our, our, our doctors are the best doctors in Canada, our, our therapists are the best therapists in Canada, our strength and conditioning coaches are the best strengthening strength and conditioning people in the world. And and I think everywhere we turn, we're just surrounded by remarkably good people. We talk about players, the improvement there. We talk about the, the improvement in the game itself. And it, I'll frame it up this way. The World Cup is on right now. Um, I know the NFL season is still in its midst right now, kind of getting to that climax right now. And there seems to be, and I'm taking this towards the fans here, there's a passion, and I know the World Cup comes only four years, every four years, but there's this inane passion for the actual product of soccer, which isn't even really a big sport in this country. I'll ask you this. How do you get this for the CFL? How do you get the same passion for CFL fans to brag about their game and be excited about their game? Well, Bubba, I actually think they do. I, I mean, just coming from Regina and Grey Cup, where you bump into thousands of fans, I see that amazing passion. When I come to Tim Hortons Field and, I, and I'm and i surrounded by Ticat fans, I see and feel that passion all the time. Actually, Bubba, you know, sometimes I think what our one of our challenges is we're just a little too Canadian. We're just a little too humble. And, and we... We are passionate. We have an amazing people in this country have an amazing love of our league and they and they love everything we stand for. And I think sometimes we underestimate our own passion for this game. Look, can we do we have room to grow? Absolutely. That's what that's what these strategies I referred to earlier are all about. But is there is do we have that same spark and that same fire in our bellies as uh, as other leagues and other countries do you bet we do and i think again from my vantage point i think sometimes i think what we got to do is step back and celebrate our victories celebrate what makes us so special and and all the reasons we have to be proud and then okay let's do it let's do even more of that but i don't think we're second to anyone but bob if you want the punchline we're not second to anyone i i think i think the cfl cfl fans cfl players and our game Funnest, fastest, most entertaining brand of football in the world. We're, we're second to none. My father brought me to Argonaut games. I was actually more of an Argonaut fan before before Ticat fan, believe it or not. Careful, Bubba. Bubba, right. you're like, treading I, some I know, I know. Not a lot of people know that, but that's the truth. But that's how I got into the game. 
right? But that's as a young guy, right? How do we continue to express this type of passion and excitement for the younger audience? Yeah, and Bubba, I think, again, it goes back to this strategy, the marketable fan strategy. Look, what we know today is that people consume entertainment differently. Look, I was talking about this at Great Cup in my, you know, when I was a kid, um, one point we had one TV and it was in the family room. And if you wanted to watch it, you had to watch what my dad watched. So my dad wanted to watch, my dad wanted to watch football. So we all watched football together. There was no choice. There wasn't going another room and watching what you wanted. I certainly didn't have one of these where I could watch whatever I wanted. So today it's about connecting with fans the way they want us to connect with them. It's about creating content that's going to be appealing to fans. So, you know, we've got several efforts underway, like the QEW series, several efforts today to talk, to deal with the storytelling because the storytelling is going to help to make, to create an, another attraction to our game. But you really have to customize the experience again, because, you know, because my dad wanted to, wanted to watch football, we watched it together. We grew up watching football together as a family. Well, today you've got to find a more, you've got to be more uh, customized to make sure that that young fan who may be just using their personal device to watch content, you've got to reach them. So you, you've got to, again, you have to have content that's appealing to your older, mature fan base who have been with us for decades. And you got to have content that's going to be appealing to this young fan base who can get whatever they want whenever they want it. And we have to compete in that, uh, in that world. Is that something you have to press the teams, the individual teams on as well too? Well, you know, I think, Bubba, the good news is I don't have to press anyone because our teams are remarkable. This You don't have to look any further than than uh, the Ticats, what they're doing uh, there. They're, they're focused on content. They're focused on storytelling. You know, uh, Scott Mitchell and Matt were, you know, uh, big drivers of that QEW series, that storytelling. Our, our teams are so engaged in this that uh, there's no there's no pushing them they're they're in a way the beauty is they're pushing us they're pushing the league to do more of this kind of work so it's a real collaboration and again one that we can be remarkably proud of you know during your state of the union i believe it was with the fans someone had asked you about how long you're going to hang along hang around this league and and i think your answer was you know as long as the board of governors will keep me you're more than willing to commit yourself to the being the commissioner of the canadian football league you know with that in mind you know and i think you can look at your entire reign here what's the biggest surprise that you've experienced during your term well, Bubba, it's such a different job than anything I've done in the past. So, you know, pretty much all the senior jobs I've had are what I would call command and control, right? You you have uh, authority as the chief executive and you exercise that responsibility that goes with that authority. This is more of a collaboration. You can't think about this the way you think about uh, running a uh, traditional uh uh, traditional business because that in some ways is easier uh this is this is what i would call advanced citizenship you have to want it bad because it puts up a fight right it it's it's about it's about that collaboration it's it's finding you're never going to get all nine teams to want to do the same thing how do you find momentum around important uh, initiatives so that means taking two or three or four and sometimes ten extra steps 
to make sure that you are that you're bringing your partners along. It's it's a it's a challenging role. It just happens to be in a business that I've loved my entire life. And as I said at the fan state of the CFL, look, I, I serve at the pleasure of the governors. And as long as uh, as they want me and as long as they feel I'm delivering value, I'd be honored to stay in the role. Bubba, at the bottom, my wife tells me this all the time. You're, you're not going to be the commissioner of the CFL forever. So at some point, it's going to be somebody else's turn. What you want to do is you want to work as hard and tirelessly as you can and you want to give it to the next person better than the better than the shape you found it in when you took when you took the job, and that's what I think about. I think about my responsibility to make it better every day, to make it stronger every day, because at some point it will be time to turn the reins over to somebody else, and you want to make sure that that person has a stronger, better business, and one with a brighter future than the one that I uh, that I inherited. And I think that if we all think that way then, um, you know, then the future is truly bright. Ty Katz, uh, head coach and president Orlando Steinauer, always continually says, and whether it's to me or in the media room, we're constantly evaluating, Bubs, we're constantly evaluating. Can you evaluate yourself? Yeah, I, I do. I, um, I think about that a lot. I think about my own journey and what I've learned and the way I thought I was going to do this job and how I do it now, you know, areas where I would have done it differently. What did I learn from it? How would I, if I'm approached that type of scenario again, how, how would I do it differently? What are the mistakes I made and, um, and trying not to make the same mistakes over and over again. Those are things I think about all the time. Look, Bob, the truth is I am very proud of a lot of the things that we've accomplished over these past five years. It's, you know, there's been challenges, the Montreal situation, the fact that we saved that franchise and uh, Montreal had a, you know, a very good year on the field and a much better year in the business. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that we got through the COVID crisis, you know, one that had a, a unique set of challenges. I'm proud of that. We have revenue sharing. I'm proud of that. We have a seven-year CBA a partnership with the players and a better relationship with the players. I'm proud of that. Uh, uh, those are all things and many others that I find those are my successes. But boy, if you want to sit down over a cold drink, I can tell you about some of the things where I go, wow, I that I didn't do as well as I wish I, I would have. And you have to do, you know, you have to learn from those moments. And, uh, and then you have to commit to engaging that learning in an exercise of not making those same mistakes again. Is there something out there that you, you know, I, I think of this David Stern, God rest his soul, the NBA said that one of the things that really bothered him is that he allowed the Vancouver Grizzlies to leave Vancouver for Memphis. And that, that kept him up at night and something that he wishes he could have changed. What is the one thing? I mean, as you said, there's a couple of them, but what is the one thing that you like, oh. you know what? Could have done better in that one. Yeah, Bubba. I think when I write my memoirs, I'll uh, I'll deal with that. You know, the the one or two things. I I, I you know I, I think perhaps the issue today is that I'm so in this business every day that I haven't. Uh, I don't know that I've been able to distill it down to one thing. I guess on reflection, at some point, I will. I'll say, boy, that was the moment that I felt. But all the things I could have changed, I would have changed that. I don't have that. Uh, I don't have that in my hip pocket today, and I'm quite sure I'll bump into a fan or two that'll be willing to share the things that they thought <laughs> I could have done better, Bubba. And I, 
you know what, for better or for worse, those are interesting moments, right? When you're, um, because this one, one of the other things that makes this job different is just how public it is, right? So, you know, most of my career, you do your job, you kind of do it almost in anonymity because you're, you know, you're, you know, you just, it's just not that, it's just not that visible to the, to the public. This one is highly visible. And uh, so that, you know, that's wonderful. And I love talking to our fans, but occasionally I get a little coaching and um, you have to embrace it. I'm sure you get some coaching from the media as well, too. <laughs> I, you know, what? Occasionally, yeah, there's the odd, there's the odd moment, Bubba, you've nailed it. <laughs> you know, the Great Cup is uh, back to Hamilton in the Steel City in 2023. And, you know, due to the pandemic, I always say the 2021 game that was held in Hamilton was kind of like a regular season game on steroids because there were so many limitations. And, and it still went off with a great game. And a lot of people walked out of their, you know, that uh, Tim Hortons field hoping for a tie cat win, but it was a great product. What is your expectation for this game in 2023? Well, you know, first of all, I, I think the entire league are looking forward to coming back to Hamilton in a, you know, in an environment where the Ticats can put on a full show and act, you know, all the activations that they are, um, that they are planning. We're all really looking forward to that. We're looking forward to a big, beautiful festival in the city of Hamilton. You know, Bobby, you live there, you, you, you understand and experience Hamilton every day, but for an outsider, uh, Hamilton is going through its own renaissance and, you know, the, 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 the restaurant scene, it, you know, there's just so many amazing restaurant tours who have come to Hamilton now. And, you know, if you, if you're like me, and I think you are kind of like me, you haven't, you haven't passed up on too many meals uh, over the course of time. <laughs> uh, Hamilton is a destination for, for a foodie. And I, and I think that's exciting, but, but Hamilton, the people in Hamilton that, that warmth and friendliness, that's that feeling that you're going home and the, and the passion they have for the CFL in Hamilton, which is unmatched anywhere. That I think is what uh, people want to come. They didn't get that. They didn't get to feel that necessarily in 21 because of all the restrictions, but I think they're looking forward to feeling that in 2023 with the full blown festival and all that, uh, all that Hamilton has to offer. Because it sounds like, I mean, to get the game, when they you awarded the game to Hamilton originally, it did sound like, I mean, I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen some of it. It looks pretty spectacular. And and Tim Horton's feel will not be recognizable from what I see. Yeah, no, I, I they they have a big plan. Look, one of the things I really, there's many things I, I'm, I think you can be proud of if you're a Ticat fan and you can certainly be proud of them if you're in this league and watching what they've done, what Bob Young and, and Scott and Matt and the team have done and, and coach Steinauer. Look, I think what they're, they're big thinkers. This is again, one of the things I enjoy about them is they're always pushing the envelope. They embrace the opportunity to take the great cup to the next level and then pass that great cup to the next team with a responsibility to take it to the next level again. I think what they're going to do is they were watching, you know, they, they, uh, that was a league run event in 21. Uh, they watched what just happened in Regina in 22 and Hamilton's going to plan on delivering something truly spectacular and special in 23. And you know what? Then they're going to turn the game over to BC and say, top that, because that's going to be special. And again, I think you have to just, that's a real credit to Bob and Scott and Matt and, 
Coach Steinauer and the entire organization because they they have embraced the opportunity to take the league to a better future. And I expect the Grey Cup will be us will will symbolize that uh, that passion they have for the for the CFL and for the Grey Cup. Get you out on this one here. The Grey Cup champions are the Toronto Argonauts. And that's a market that we have, as CFL fans, we have at times seen with unbelievable passion in the word. We've used that word tonight. Um, and we've seen some times where we're wondering what's going on in a big city that's got more than 5 million people, why they can't fill BMO Field. Now that they've won the Grey Cup, and they've won three in the last decade, If correct me if I'm wrong, how do they generate that into being the big driver like we see it is with the Raptors, the Blue Jays, and the Maple Leafs? Yeah. Well, actually, Bubba, I think we're seeing it right now. What we've been watching since the since the Great Cup, we've uh, we've been seeing um, uh, the Argonauts and the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment in some ways at their best. They're using their properties to profile and highlight this great victory. It's you know that cup has been traveling around there, this beautiful you know uh, ecosystem called Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. That that cup is going to hockey games and basketball games, and it's being profiled and their athletes are being profiled i think they are doing what we what we uh, what they probably can do as well or better than anyone in the world of sports we're seeing that that effort that they're making to really celebrate this success look clearly uh what mike clemens has done uh you know our 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 beloved pinball what has done building a great football product i think we're going to expect that they're going to be a tough team in 2023 and they're going to just want continue that momentum as an on-field juggernaut and that's going to be combined with the effort they've been making off the field they they raised their they they grew their sick their season ticket base in 2022 they'll continue to have success um in growing that business because they are a formidable organization with almost infinite capacity for strategy and execution and i just expect it to get better and better in toronto and they will they will use this success. They will use this success to their great advantage. Well, you know, I certainly hope so too. And I, and I think I'm interested. I think Ticat fans are interested in too, because I think we've always heard that a rivalry needs to be coming from both sides. And sometimes it seems like it's more of the Tiger Cats more so than the Argonauts. And, and you know what, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've had a lot of Argo fans that have popped out of the woods and are chirping me pretty good about them winning the Grey cup and the Tiger Cats not even being involved. So yeah, let's hope that growth does continue. Well, Bubba, I meet lots of people that want to chirp you. That's not a, that's not an Argonaut fan issue. By the by, the, listen, that's a long list, and I can send it over to you. Uh, so if you're if you're wondering, but no, seriously, um, you know what? Listen, I I think there. Uh, Bill Manning says this all the time, and uh, and I always reflect on it. Bill says there, Argo fans are just as passionate as any fans in the world of sports. Uh, we just want to grow the numbers. And I think Bill and his colleagues at Emily Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment have a plan for that. And uh, and we're going to be uh, we're going to we'll be looking forward to watching them execute and grow on the strength of one of the greatest great cups of all time. Well, Randy, it's been awesome for you to grow, to join us uh, here on the Ticats Audio Network and talk about the great game, the Canadian Football League. I mean, um, like free agency, I guess, is in February. I mean, do you even take a break? Like, will you like settle down, go to the Bahamas for a couple of days and relax for a bit? <laughs> well, we've got league meetings. Uh, we've got uh, 
three sets of league meetings between now and the middle of December. So that's, you know, it's a pretty busy time doing a lot of prep uh, for those meetings. I'm hoping that after I'm hoping that after uh, the league meetings are done in the middle of December, that we can all take a little bit of time, catch our breath, uh, enjoy our families as everyone should during the holiday season and be thankful for all the all the blessings that we all enjoy. And the fact that we all get to live in this amazing country, for me, I, I, that's one thing I, I, I want to always be thankful for is that we get to live here in such an amazing country with so many amazing people. And then, you know what, we'll get through the holidays, hopefully having had some, um, you know, time with family and friends, and then we'll get back at it in January and it'll be busy. It'll be a busy January with winter meetings and uh, player safety and health meetings. And then, uh, and then we're of course into football activities. So, you know, there's a little bit of no rest for the wicked in, uh, in this business, but it's a, it's a labor of love and uh, you get to be around, uh, you get to be around something that uh, for me, that I've been in love with, love with since I was a five-year-old in, uh, in Winnipeg. He is the commissioner of the Canadian Football League. Randy Ambrosi, thank you so much again for joining us. And you know what? Best of wishes to you and your family uh, during the, the holiday season. And as you talk about getting ready to look forward to 2023, the Grey Cup and all that's involved, and of course, a great season that I'm sure is going to pan out. Uh, we look forward to what you've got all stirred up for us. Thank you again for joining us. Bubba, thanks and best wishes to you and your family as well. The CFL This Week with Bubba O'Neill. Subscribe, like, and get the deepest takes on Canada's game every Monday.